Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And Peyton Jones. And boy, are my dogs barking. <laughs> uh, and boy, are my trains whizzing by. <laughs> you are listening to the Church Planner Podcast, if you haven't already tuned us out in the first 30 seconds. Yeah, and- these guys are lame. Two sentences in, and they're totally <laughs> lame. I'm not listening to this anymore. <sighs> Oh my gosh. You know what's funny is this is this is easily one of my favorite parts of the week is when we do the Church Planner podcast. Man, all I know is that story that you told me the other day about how you went to the post office. I couldn't wait to get here to <laughs> You know, I don't even see it, to me it wasn't nearly as funny to me as it was to you. You were like, "We have to talk about this on the podcast." And I'm like, "I okay. All right." Whatever. Well, because, okay, so uh, uh, real quick, um, I guess I should say, hey, welcome Church Planner Podcast. Welcome to the Peanut Gallery. Me and Pete talk smack talk for a while. It makes other people really mad, but we don't care. But here's the deal. It's our show, and we talk church planning. We get to helpful stuff, but uh, we're going to talk about the train station today, and uh, that's a new initiative, a new venture uh, to help equip you as church planners to do what you got to do. But first, we're going to hit some smack talk like we always do. And uh, so so heading into this story, it was so funny because uh, Pete, Pete's got the mailbox for the church, right? We, we suckered him into uh, doing the finances, right? And uh, I, I should back up. Pete, very, very humbly, uh, with a servant heart, has agreed to help the church out. Yeah, I said, just as long as you put the account in my name, baby. <laughs> and uh, and so Pete's done this. And so anyways, he goes to the mailbox and the other day. Well, because they, like, they, they actually called me and they're like, uh, yeah, we want to make sure this is for you. We got a package here for Peyton Jones. Because, you know, when you've got one of those mailboxes, like I've got it at the, uh, what do they call it? The UPS store it used to be mailboxes, et cetera. And then UPS store bought them out. Like. You have to, it's a, it's a law. You've got to, they've got to check your ID and stuff like that. You can't just like make up a person and rent a box. Like they have to make sure that you're a legitimate person who's receiving mail, you know, to stop with fraud and stuff like that. And so they get a package for Peyton Jones and you're not on the box. Like they've never verified your ID. They don't know who you are. Right. So they're like, yeah, we got this package here for refuge church. Uh, Peyton Jones, is that you? <laughs> is that you, Mr. Mitchell? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. I'll come by and I'll pick it up. So, there, so go for So, what's really funny to me is like, you know, I laugh at other people's pain and the inconvenience of having to go down and pick up this package. 
just made me laugh. And, and, and Pete, to tell this story, I mean, do you want to be Brad Pitt and I'll be Morgan Freeman or <laughs> the other way around? <laughs> We're going to reenact it according to the last scene of the movie Seven. Which one am I? You can be whoever you want to be. All right. All right. So since you're going to get the package, I'll stay over here and, uh, you know, be on the radio. Well, uh, be very careful. Be, be very cautious. Move, move with caution. Great caution. I I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I only know uh, the one line that Brad Pitt says. You have to, well, yeah. Talk about approaching it. You know, I'm, I'm a, and then I, I just say, uh, oh, oh, wait a second. Oh, that's right. Cause Morgan Freeman is the one who goes and gets the box. Maybe we should just play that's the right. clip. That's what we should have had ready, which is the <laughs> clip from the movie seven and played that for right, everybody. That's probably, that's probably better. Probably better. So we'll play the clip and then, uh, well, we can't play the clip. We don't have the clip. You got to insert it later. I'm not inserting it. Yeah, that's it. Pete, can right, you, you do ready? more work? I know. So, you, okay. I know I so sit I'm back in my ivory tower eating my bonbons. Hey, Pete, I had a great idea here. Can you do this? Hey, Pete, I had a great idea here. Could you do this? But no, I'm not going to go insert it. It's my gift. But, but okay. So, so Pete's got his, his pocket knife poised and he's slicing the tape off the box and he's opening That's Morgan it. Freeman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Cause now I got to be Brad Pitt cause I'm in the distance. What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? John Doe has the upper hand. John Doe has the upper hand. Abort, abort. Whatever you hear, no, no, don't no. come down. John Doe has the upper hand. <laughs> What's in the box? Become vengeance. Become vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> and Pete opens the box. This box that's caused all this problem, that's made him have to go down there and pick it up. And what's in it, Pete? Our daily bread. <laughs> <laughs> it's a box full of those little our daily bread devotional books. Oh man. And and I probably you'd have to be kind of twisted to see the great humor in it, I think. But for me, it was just so funny when Pete's telling me. It was our daily bread, you know, and I'm like, man, really? I've tried to cancel subscription to that thing forever. Oh, they and, don't let you our quit. Daily bread. They don't let you quit. I was like, didn't we just get a box of those? Because we put them all out at the church, and now we got another <laughs> box. What do they think we are? A mega church? We're- they never stop. And you know, I and and from if I repeat, I would have become vengeance. I would have been really angry, like you know. But Pete, Pete was cool. He well, the funny box. thing to me is there was actually a check for the church in the mailbox. <laughs> I was like, if this package hadn't come, I would not have gone to that mailbox for at least a month. I never go to the mailbox. I don't even care. Like, we could pay our bills. That was the funny thing. I'm like, I'm like, wow, there's a check in here for six hundred dollars. Woohoo! The Lord works in mysterious ways. Never let it be said that He's never worked through our daily bread. I'm just saying that's the whole reason for the our daily bread was so we would get this check. Oh man, it was great. Watch, watch on Sunday. Someone comes up and says, my car broke down and I needed $600. And we'll be like, Oh, now we know where the money was supposed to go. Oh yeah. So I am going to see Mad Max tonight and I cannot wait. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to see it. I'll see it on Sunday. Uh, after church, of course, you know, I like to go get spiritually uh, fed in the morning and then do Mad Max in the afternoon. That's kind of, you know, how I, I like to roll. I hear it's an epic masterpiece of oil, <laughs> diesel and machine engines put together in a post apocalyptic opera. I um this morning, right before we did the podcast, I was on YouTube because I needed to upload a video for a client and, uh, Lo and behold, there was a, the trailer for, I, I guess, Tron 3 is coming out. I mean, have you heard about this, oh, the next Tron? No. Yeah, I don't know if it's real or not. I couldn't tell. It was a really bad trailer. I'm like, wow, it looks like it's going to be just as bad as the last Tron movie, which was not yeah, I, good. I didn't see the last one, but I watched the cartoon. Good. It was stupid. Yeah, the cartoon was kind of cool that came out, but uh, I, I do watch cartoons. But uh, but this is what I have to say. There on the side of the screen was, granted, it was fan-made, but it said Knight Rider 2015 trailer. And I was like, please, please <laughs> let that be the case. And I'm like watching it. And I'm like, dude, even if they use the same Trans Am, my life would be complete. 
Like, it'd be cooler, actually. Avengers, nothing. Like, I, I don't even care about any of these cool movies. I would just be like, yeah. dude, I want to see a Knight Rider movie. I'd be so, all over so it. Here's the way this stuff works, right? Like, if you're going to do a Knight Rider movie, they, they always mess it up where they're like, we'll do a cool one. It'll be a new car. It'll be, they try to make it cool. Well, you can't take Knight Rider and make it like serious today. You'd have to make it a spoof. The whole thing. I don't think would you it, would. It, you know, here's the thing. You'd I have just to bring think, back the Hoff, right? The Hoff would have to be jamming around. Or it'd have to be totally. somebody who, who's just got the scruff, right? You know, all these guys today, they can't seem to shave, apparently. And everyone's got to yeah. have the scruff look going on. It would be you'd some guy like that. Fabio in it. Uh, Lorenzo Lama. Uh, you'd have to put all the cheesy guys in there. And it would have to just be. You'd like have to have a brown deep. truck that wasn't UPS, but it had a little bishop on the back of it. <laughs> and it's the foundation for law and government. And uh and you'd have to have like Sergio Valente jeans, like you know, you'd you'd have to have them jamming around in a members only jacket. Members I mean, only. You'd, you'd have it. to play it right, and you'd have to do the thing where he's talking into the watch and it's all cheesy now. It's like Apple Watches. Well, out. that's the thing, is he's, it would be an Apple Watch. If if you took if you took things like uh, what was that one with uh, Will Ferrell? He's like the the TV caster, um, Anchorman. What are those ones? Anchorman, where he's like 1970s dude. You gotta do it like that, right? Like like a team, same thing. Like you just can't make these movies serious. I you know I actually enjoyed the A team movie. I didn't see it. Oh, I you heard should Mr. see it. T all teased off about. It. I'm like, I'm with you, no. T. I'm sitting this one out. Well, that's because he wasn't asked to be in it. No, I got to tell you, the the AT movie I thought was pretty good. I really okay. Did. I might check it out. But Daredevil. Now that's the show that needs to be watched. If you guys aren't watching Daredevil, I can't do it, man. I, I'm literally, I'm not kidding here. It's so stupid to me. I, I haven't been able to go past the third episode. Oh. I know, yeah, I know, no. I know. That's a disappointment to you because you were like, "You got to start watching this." I'm like, "It's too slow." And no, you stupid. need to give it time. It, it's it's the they're just working. They're loosening you up. A if bit. they haven't done it by the third episode, I, I fear they're not going to be able to do it. Were you in the third episode? Did you get that high? I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. I figure you probably got like to the third commercial break, if even that, of the first episode. No, I watched the Jamie and I both watched it. I'm like, yeah, let's watch uh, this. It might be a new show for us to watch. She's like, this isn't holding my attention. I go, me neither. I don't. I, I mean, I'll try another episode, see if I can get into it. And I still didn't get into it. And I was like, all right, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. If you gave it three episodes and you weren't hooked yet, then all right. It's got some master filming in it. Some just classic classic stuff in there but anyways that you know sorry did i just ruin your whole story (laughs) yeah it's dead i didn't have a story i was just giving it a shout out man it's quite a and this week's episode of the church planner podcast is brought to you by netflix and darth vader where you can get a seven day free trial (sighs) that was me in case you didn't know oh actually you know what started my youtube uh trailers this morning you've i'm sure have seen this i was watching um deleted scenes from the empire strikes back on youtube they are from blu-ray have you seen them no dude they are like wow i'm so glad they cut this stuff wow um there's an extended fight george and said no say that again yeah well they probably are like it's too long (laughs) Um, Was Jar Jar in it? <laughs> <laughs> There's an extended fight scene between Leia and Han, you know, and he's like, I got to leave and people need you, Han. And, you know, they're they're in there. There's an extended fight scene where I, I would have just been like, dude, just just leave. Just leave her. All right. Just leave her and go. <laughs> She's being yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that's his style, isn't it? But apparently, the uh, what was the name of that creature that got Luke Skywalker on Hoth? The Wampa. Wampa? Yeah, the is Wampa. That, is that what it's called? I had that action figure as a kid, yeah. Well, that had an extended awesome. role and was invading the base. As he should. In the deleted scenes. Did you, have you seen, now do you, you recognize these deleted scenes? No. Oh, yeah. There's, I'm going to go watch them. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, it's. 
it like wreaks havoc on the base. It's killing a lot of guys. They finally lock it in a room. So when the stormtroopers uh, break in, they put like a warning sign on the door, like don't open this door. And so as C-3PO is walking by, he rips it off. Oh, it's awesome. And then, uh, so then you see the stormtroopers go up to it and they're like, all right, let's go in here. And as soon as they open the door, you know, this big wampa arm comes out and like grabs one of them and pulls them in. It's awesome. Well, you know, the, the arm was quite famous. I mean, the arm actually should be credited in the credits as a, as a separate act. The wampa's arm was played by, you know, because that arm, you see the guys like there's a, it's a stick with an arm on it and they're swinging that thing around in the filming of it. So it's pretty funny. That's probably why they ended up cutting it because I was like, wow, okay, this thing was pretty bad in the original, but it's like awful in these extra scenes. (laughs) Like, you know, we could do this one thing behind a door where the arm comes out. Well, you see, you see it like, like it's like breaking through the walls and stuff and standing there and you're like, oh my. And it doesn't, it doesn't tie in at all with the movie. I mean, it's like these guys worked hard on this arm, dude. They worked hard on this arm. Give them say, you know, it was, it was a giant furry arm with claws on it. It yeah. wasn't easy to make. Yeah. You make one. <laughs> How to use it. <laughs> oh my gosh. We always seem That's to pull funny. everything back to Star Wars. So we do. And, and before we move on to today's topic, which we are going to do, um, and this is not the word from our sponsor, which is macaroni and cheese, craft macaroni and cheese, but they did do a Star Wars series. And I, I came into the house yesterday and we had gone shopping and on the counter and, and you, you know, I have two girls, right? So who's she buying the Star Wars mac and cheese for? It's just kind of funny. Think about it because I don't eat dairy. So. Um, I look in the counter and there's like Darth Vader, uh, floating macaroni and cheese on the back of one box. And then on the other one, it's Yoda and it actually has words on it. And it says more cheesy. This one is. And so that was pretty cool. <laughs> hey, there's the train. Whoop. And speaking of that, we are going to talk about the train station, but, uh, who's our sponsor today? This beautiful and glorious podcast. Mogiv. M-O-G-I-V. Peyton, let me ask you something. Are you like Impact Whittier and you've been thinking about doing some online giving, but instead of been using PayPal as a cheap and easy placeholder? Why, yes, I am Impact Whittier. And yes, I somehow I've hostily taken over this church from Charlie Marquez. Since Charlie Marquez listens to our podcast, he needs to know that I went to his new redesigned website and lo and behold... There's PayPal to give online. And I'm thinking what? to myself, you listen to the podcast. Why well, have you now, not yet signed up for MoGive? Hey, certainly now no podcast listeners are going to support that. I'm just saying, you know about MoGive. Why, why would you be using PayPal <laughs> as a cheap and easy placeholder when there's MoGive? You've just made Charlie the sacrificial lamb of MoGiv. I'm just saying, Charlie knows better. He needs to get he needs to get on MoGiv. Actually, you know what he'll do? He'll tell Julie to take care of it. <laughs> Julie's like practically planting his church, his wife. Because awesome, he's working. He's got a day job. He's got a big day job. It takes him a lot yeah. of time doing what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. He'll probably actually come back and go, actually, that is on the list of things I've given to Julie to do. Get us signed awesome. up with MoGiv. So you should be bagging on Julie for this. Uh, you know what? Good call. Julie, I don't think she listens to the podcast. <laughs> Charlie, you need to play well, this for Julie. Julie, why haven't you signed up with MoGive yet? Is that the new ad? <laughs> it's why haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Here's hey, the thing. Church planner, don't be a sucker. If why you not sign up for MoGive? You're making me mad. And Let's you do a Mr. To the church planner podcast. Why? I mean, does it cost anything to sign up with MoGiv? I don't even know. I should ask you. You're the one who does it. <laughs> First name Mo. Second name Give. Second- is, there, is there a startup fee with MoGiv? Huh? Is there a startup fee with MoGiv? No. There you go. So what are you waiting for? Sign up what? with MoGiv. Yeah, no. But that's one of the cool things about MoGiv. There is no startup fee. I mean, and they are so easy to work with. You literally. They will put you on a phone. They'll talk to you. It's not just the other end of the internet, you know, just clicking on buttons, hoping it all goes well. You can call them up. They'll coach you. They'll talk to you. If there's ever a problem, they'll get back to you. I, you know, we signed up, uh, Refuge Long Beach. They literally sent me an email 
going, hey, Peyton, we've noticed your page is up and running. Why not try this and that and that? And they sent me like some strategies and some forms. You know, we found emails like this sent out to the congregation help. Like they're actually looking at the site and helping give me strategies for getting people's attention. That's cool. Which is really cool because I remember you even said uh, the other day, I go, you know, I don't even know how. I mean, here I'm the treasurer, right? I'm like, I don't know how much money comes in from MoGiv because I actually, I'm a weird treasurer in that. We've got a bookkeeper, which is our other sponsor, Simplify Church. So they do all the, the bookkeeping and really I just take the operating and deposit it on Monday. I mean, that's like the extent of my role. Which is kind of cool because it buys us a little bit of margin for when daily bread packages come and you got to go pick them up. Because you'd be really mad if you were doing all this other work and then you had to go pick up a package and daily bread was inside. That's true. But so I, I go, I go, I don't know how much money comes in from Mogiv. And you go, oh, we've gotten like $1,000 in the last month. And I'm like, dude, that's actually really cool. Yeah. I'm just yeah, saying, man. Something brand new, three weeks old. It's actually up to about. Well, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna discuss my church finances in public. Well, no, because it's just, and it's one aspect of it, right? It's just yeah. the, uh, it's the online text and uh, giving platform that we basically just got set up. I mean, like, just got it set up. Yeah, so it's worth getting, guys. And um, I can't. I, I was, yeah. Anyways, it, it it's worth getting. So. We might as well talk about uh, Josh Henry as well at some point in the show. Well, we do. He's actually our second sponsor, which we usually hold off until uh, later on in the show. But since we've already started down that path, we might as well just keep going with it. It's like the world's longest commercials ever. We tell them 30 seconds. Oh, man. I mean, that's just kind of the selling point right there, right? Where you're like, hey, I didn't have to do much. No, it's true. Yeah, with Simplify Church, they actually do simplify your church. Everything yeah. from payroll to web design to whatever you need, they're there to make your life easy. But as bookkeepers, that's really where uh, where we're using them uh, a lot is bookkeeping and payroll. So all I do is they actually have this cool little online portal, and I just go on there and I go, oh, by the way, I deposited you know X amount of dollars today, and uh, you know, and they put it into the bookkeeping, and whenever I need a, a check cut, I just. Oh, by the way, pay this person, you know, hundred bucks, two hundred, whatever it is, and we're cutting checks, and they they do everything, and they keep track. Yeah, of it all. I I get an email for that. So at simplifychurch.com, um, well worth your time. And again, um, the thing that always stands out to me is the legal responsibility that you have. So it's not just having someone do your books, or if you find some sector to do your treasury stuff for you. It's really more than that. It's someone who's also, it's like finding someone who uh, is almost like a, a mini legal team as well. It's going to keep you safe uh, legally with the IRS. So, well, at least and, and that's, that's a big, safe. yeah, that's a huge deal. And yeah. um, I think they'll do payroll, they'll do donor receipts. I mean, it's just the amount of stuff you get for the price is amazing. It is a small price. Um, I, you know, it, it'll it be different for every church planner, but he's a church planner. He knows you guys aren't rolling in buckets of cash. That right there alone makes it worth you getting because I, I would guarantee you, if you offer to pay someone at your church, you're going to probably offer to pay them more than what Josh Henry would charge you. Well, yeah. And the other thing too, to me, as I look at it is the safety issue, you know, on, on many occasions, you and I have had conversations, not on the podcast, where you're like, well, you know, I'm not worried about so-and-so stealing from me or so-and-so, you know, ripping us off. And the thought, honestly, that always goes through my head is, well, of course you don't worry about that. You never worry about the con man. That's why they're con men. They're confidence men. Like, you would never think that they would steal from you. And then one day you find out, oh, half of our money's gone. They've been stealing Absolutely. from me. Absolutely. And- so even if Pete's stealing from us, you know. Uh, they would know. And I get an email That's of the, everything yeah. that goes through. So they're, they're constantly, if, if there's so says, many checks and balances by having yeah. them as a third party, yeah, I, I, we have it set up. So you and I both get emails. So you know yeah. what's going on with the accounts. Um, I know what's going yeah. on with the accounts. They know what's going on. We have a great safe system that, Frankly, you know, you, you're going to look and you're going, oh, I'm not worried about Joe over there stealing from me. But you don't worry about the confidence man. That's why they're confidence men. So you can't yeah. look at it and go, Cause would you ever put someone who you're like, well, I don't know if I can really trust them. Would you ever put that person in charge of your money? Of course not. Then, yeah. But why do so many churches get ripped off? 
It's because the confidence man is just that. He's a confidence man. So I, I'm just yeah. saying, get Simplified yeah. Church, get Mo Give, and your life will be so much easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, hey, now that we've got everybody on commercial overload, <laughs> let's hear from Doc Brown. Uh, No, I don't have any of that hooked up. You can't hear from Doc Brown. Great Scott, it's time for today's topic. Great Scott, it's time for this week's topic. <laughs> there you go. All right. So we are going to talk about uh, the train station, which is something that we've just got going. Uh, it, it, it hasn't started yet, but uh, some of you guys know that I'm working with a family of churches uh, in North County, San Diego. And we've kind of, uh, there, there's a cool church planning movement in LA. Um, there's a cool church planning movement in, um, San Diego. And what I'm always impressed with is the amount of generosity and, um, interaction between church planners. I think because all of our backs are up against a wall, um, we, we just have this kind of, it's, it's not competitive. It's more of like a, Hey brother, how you doing, man? How are things going? What are you guys struggling with? There's always a camaraderie. And so I've been able to work with uh, these series of churches up here known as Generation. Um, they uh, have been going for a number of years. They've seen churches planted and fail. Uh, they've seen churches planted and succeed. But uh, anyways, as as I just started working with these guys, one of the things that we we talked about early on was I said, hey, you guys are, um, you're running your campuses. That's cool and everything. You're right. You're just trying to run these churches. But as a family of churches, you've got a heart to train church planners. So I'm working with a, a handful of guys right now, just from that family of churches. Um, and their heart is for the, the county, really for the city. I mean, they've carved up the city of Oceanside into neighborhoods that need church plants. We've talked about that. I was super excited about that. But anyways, uh, many, many moons ago, we, we had that conversation. And I said, look, I will train church planners for you guys. This is where my family attends. Um, you're a church planning church. We share the same DNA. What if to take that burden off of you guys, um, I just do what I already do and help you plan. And so out of that was born the church planting train station, which you know, it's kind of fitting. Were, were you waiting for a train to pass by right then? Because I didn't hear one. I was waiting for you to make train noises. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think I can do it. Man. And so well, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. And uh, the, it was actually a little bit creepy and scary, though. It was kind of like, ha, ha, hoo. You know, it kind of just brought back some memories. But uh yeah, yeah, Mister Rogers. Stop, dude. Stop. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, <laughs> even funny. not even funny. <laughs> so here, <laughs> I didn't tell you about something that happened to me last night that that just really creeped me out because I had that thought going through my head, and then you come in with Mister Rogers, and I'm like, "Come on, dude, tell me. Come on, where where did where was that in the smack talk?" No, it was about the stuff we were talking about before we even started the podcast. After the show. After the show. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just say uh, we're in jump school right now and we're on spiritual warfare month going over that stuff. And um, uh, there's some creepy stuff going on. That's all I'm saying. I'm leaving it at yeah, that. I, I, warned, I warned Pete when we first started working. He's like, I don't believe in that stuff. You know, I'm a Baptist. Never- I don't believe in that. And I told him, just just you follow this church planning route a little bit further, and you'll be believing in it before long. But uh, anyways, back to our topic, uh, since uh, I, I think that's a, a no-fly zone right now. Is that right, Pete? That is. That is. <laughs> that along with Mr. Rogers. No-fly. <laughs> now that I've ruined it with Fred. Um, so here's the deal is uh, – we are going to be starting up this train, uh, this training center. It's training church planters. Here's the deal is a lot of networks are very good at giving church planters money. So they'll fund the planter. But the problem is this is gambling away kingdom money because what, what I've seen happen and what often happens is that, um, church plants fail 70% of them. Many of those are heavily funded. And what 
what networks are particularly bad at is training planners. There's not a lot of church planter training out there. A lot of what passes as training, uh, even universities, universities are starting to realize we need programs centering on church planning because you realize at a certain point that a guy can go get his MDiv or his PhD in ministry and he can't do the majority of stuff that uh, the apostles did in the book of Acts. So what good is a PhD other than just impressing people and, and saying that you're able to read books and write papers? Um, but that's not going to do you squat out on the mission field. It really is not going to do anything for you on the front line. So um, we dreamt up a training center for church planners um, that would actually equip them. It would be hands-on. It would be uh, theory. Yes, you would definitely learn things uh, in theory. You would learn things in practice, and you would also learn things spiritually. It would have those three emphasis, theoretical, practical, and spiritual. And, uh, and that's what it's looking to be. Well, give me the backbone of it. So, first of all, I'm assuming because it's a physical thing, like yeah. Jump School is our church planner training that's online based. And um, interestingly enough, we're actually going to be uh, physically mailing out stuff. Like we do a live Q&A call every month. We're going to be mailing out a CD of that uh, to all of our uh, members in Jump School. And then, you know, we've got this thing called a dossier, which we'll be mailing out. But it's it's distance learning is what it is, yeah. right? So like it's yeah. it's designed so it doesn't matter where you are in the world because we've got right now we got a couple guys in Kenya, um, at least one person, no, two people that I know of in the UK, um, yeah. and then I would say the rest are probably all stateside because um, those are the only yeah. other countries that I know for sure that we got people in, and uh, um. But jump, but that's what jump school is. But train station is a local thing. So yeah, tell so, me about is it a you know the duration of it? Uh, is there a start and stop time? Is it come anytime? Yeah. I mean, give me the so, backbone of this thing. Sure, sure. So here's the deal. This is what we're gonna do. Is um, it's gonna start in 2015 for guys that want to do it part time. And the reason we're starting is we're gonna pilot it in 2015 as kind of like a let's see how this goes. And um, 2016, we've already got uh, two individuals in place that are going to run it when it kicks up to full time. It's going to run for nine months from September uh, through May. And so it would be kind of like a normal um, semester. You get a summer off. We have links now if you want to go to um, somewhere in Europe or even other parts of the world and do something international during those months, you can. Uh, you could, you could go somewhere else, but what you would do, let's say you, you go to, you know, www.churchplantingtrainstation.com. That's where it's sitting right now. You go there, you can watch a video, you can read about how it's going to look, what it's going to look like. And then you sign up, you fill out an application for it. You know, you get on the mailing list. And, uh, what happens is we interview you, we assess you, we determine, what your um, level is. So we might have guys that go, look, I've planted two churches or I've planted a church and I failed, right? Or I've been in ministry for 10 years. Uh, that requires assessment. People don't come to this gig. You know, it's not one, one size fits all. Um, if I went to a church planning uh, training uh, seminar, I'm obviously going to get stuff out of it. But I may not get as much out of it as the guy who's never picked up a church planning book and is just kind of exploring church planning. So there might be people who come along that are exploring. And so we've got four categories of, you know, uh, after we assess people that we put them into. And then the training looks different for each one of those categories. But what we would do is we would, we would train them up over that nine month period and it would, it would run out of a local church. Um, we have the local church picked out. We've, we've got incredible facilities to do this thing. And what we'll be doing is we'll be taking you in. You can either, uh, a move into the area. And if you worked full time, for example, you would do jump school. But what we would do on the weekends is we would, we would funnel you in. So there's, there's three tracks you can go. You can go the bivocational route. You can go up, oh, should turn my phone off. Eh? You can go the bivocational route. 
you can go the part-time route, or in 2016, you can go the full-time route. And so if you take jump school, for example, um, you just go through jump school, the regular portal that, that we've always had. And, um, and that's cool. But what we offer to you is if you want to move locally and train with us there as a part of the train station, the way that we're going to do that is on the weekend, we're going to funnel you into an existing church plant. So you're going to literally get hands-on experience in conjunction with your jump school training, right? Then once a month, we're going to get together with you and your families and have a night where um, your wives, uh, your families, we all get together and we do a barbecue, right? We're in California. It's going to be in Oceanside. So Oceanside, Carlsbad, um, it's not a bad little location, but you would move into the area. If you're working full time, you pay your bills like normal, but you get the benefit of establishing long-term gospel partnerships, mentorship, and uh, you would go to a weekly church planning meeting um, in, in the night once a week. And um, you would meet with other guys that are training just like you. So that's the bivocational route. If you went part-time, um, which starts in September 2015, you would come in and you would work two days a week or excuse me, <laughs> sorry, you would work, you know, however many days of work you want to, a week you want to work, but we would advise you to take, you know, a day off. And so ideally you'd be working part-time, maybe three days a week or whatever. Maybe your wife's working, who knows? Um, and then you come for two days a week. And you train. So the part-time route, you're training two days. And we've got a special program tailored for you that will train you in two days. It's not going to be quite like the full-time route. Um, but you're going to get so much more than the average church planner gets. In other words, to start with, there's just nothing like this. Um, people are not training church planners. But you would come. You would train. And uh, you would have mentorship. You would have veteran church planners training you. And um, at the end of that nine months, you get another assessment. And we assess you based on whether you would be an apprentice or you would be a planter. So if you were an apprentice, what that would mean is that you would uh, plant out um, on someone's team with the intention of sending you out anywhere from six months to a year to 18 months, depending on your competency. Because if you come to it, you may not have developed in ministry enough where you could actually handle leading a team yet. But you might be, you know, right away, boom, you come. We're like, hey, you're a planner. You can actually plant here, take the training while you're planting. And these other guys in the program that are at different levels of competency, they're going to come with you and plant with you. And so the idea is always to be um, taking students of planting and funneling them into existing church plants, plants that are going on right now. And so you get to be a part of a, a cohort, a team of planters. You get to, to actually see it uh, and, and you're actively planting. You're not leading the whole thing while you're in, in the train station, but you're actually there hands on getting that experience from an existing church plant. That's kind of cool. Um, it's a mouthful, that's for sure. It is. It is. And I got a lot more to say. I know. And you know what's funny, though, is I'm, I'm listening to that. As I'm going, you know what would be really cool? <laughs> I'm going to tell you how to improve it. <laughs> is uh, You should have a guy like me down there teaching them how to make money. Well, yeah. As their bivo job. Not like for the church, right? But as their bivo job. Well, and that's, that's one of the things like we've been talking about for even jump school. Having... Yeah you know, a, another wing of jump school where that's part of the training. And, um, but yeah, that would be cool. And Cause I was uh, actually and, just thinking about, um, Lance Ford and Brad Briscoe, their, uh, deal that they've been doing. Um, I think they did it with Hugh Halter. They've been starting like these new regional conferences. And one of the things that they had in there was like, you know, okay, let's say you wanted to start a, a coffee house, you know, we're going to give you some pointers on that, but that's not like, training right it's more like concept you can't learn how to start a coffee shop in a weekend it's just not going to happen they well that's you, it you, you can give you great points but i'm like wow man if you actually had someone for nine months and you could be like developing them okay here's how you do the business here's how you do the uh replicatable business 
where you can, you know, even have multiple churches be planted out and, you know, this is how you're going to have income coming in for yourself or the church. I'm like, that'd be really hot. I like that. Well, if you had guys who were, were down here to train and to learn that, you would actually pour them into a business. And so, um, you know, you would do it as kind of like an outreach. So here's, here's how the, here's how it would look. For example, these four classifications I talked about, um, we have the first one's an explorer. And that's the person who says, you know, I like church plan, but I'm not sure I'm called. So, you know, I was on a, that interview with, um, forgetting walls the other day. And, um, they, they said that listening, I can't remember how many episodes in he said that he realized he was not a church planner. Here he'd been listening to the church planner podcast, thinking he was called to it. And at a certain point he realized I'm not called, but imagine really? it's kind of like when you go on a gap year, right? And you go abroad and you study and you, know, you travel. And you U.S. Study. people don't really know what that means. You need to explain that to them. So a year abroad or, you know, a year of traveling or you go and you join like a foreign. It's meant like after program. high school before you start college. That's yeah, the gap. Yeah. But you can even do a semester abroad. Like if you're in college, you can go study in Germany or somewhere else. You get to kind of get a taste of the rest of the world. One of two things happens during that time. You either say, man. I love that and I felt alive and I need to go back and I want to join international business teams or whatever. I, I need to go out and do it. And, um, same with missions. You go on a short term mission trip. One of two things is going to happen. You're either going to like get off the plane, get on your hands and knees and, you know, kiss the ground and say, there's no place like home and go straight to McDonald's and eat a Big Mac or, you're going to go, man, I can't believe I'm back in this grapple. I need to get back on a plane and get back out on the mission field. And so for the explorer, what we're going to do is vet their character and their calling. Are you called to this? But, but nonetheless, they come and they spend that year. They're going to be changed forever. I don't care what they end up doing. That year is going to so radically transform them. They will be doing things that they never, ever saw themselves doing. They will be learning the grace of God up close and personal in a new way as God is using them. The spirit is pouring through them. Um, they're being used to build something. They're seeing the kingdom of God moving forward as they're turning the wheel. It's pretty cool. Um, they, they get to see their place. They get to see what church ought to be. They get to see body ministry. They get to, so those are our explorers. And that's, that's, they fall into year one because when you come and you're assessed with the train station, you either fall into a year one or year two category. Like, so for example, um, let's, let's go back to, to, to the Explorer. The second classification is intern, also year one. So everybody who comes, they come through and they're, they're going to either be an Explorer where they're exploring church planning or they're an intern. They've got the character. Maybe they have ministry experience. Maybe they know they're called and they're just like, Hey, I'm here to train. So we call those an intern. Now the goal of our training for them in year one is application and experience uh, of what they know about church planning and what they're learning while they're with us. So we're getting them the whole time, um, ready to plant, ready to lead a church plant. That's kind of what we're really doing. So we're making them into a pioneer. And during that time, we're assessing their abilities the whole time. So you'll find certain people where they just take to it like a duck to water. Other people need certain things developed in them and it might take a little bit longer. But uh, that would be year one. And so at the end of year one, you get an assessment. And if if we feel, hey, you're a planter, great. It, uh, or we feel, hey, you're an apprentice, that's fine too. And so if you go into the apprentice category, there's an option you have. You can either stay here and start year two and carry on your Jedi training. And uh, we will funnel you into a team that's just launching. So at the end of each year, we'll have teams. Some teams will be like, hey, we're going to Minnesota. Other teams will be like, hey, we're staying local. We're here. We're in it to win it. We see the map of Oceanside. We see how you carved it up. We're going to put a push pin on that part of the map, and we're going for it. Well, if if you're an apprentice, you're going to fall in and say, um, you know what? I, I want to join that team. If you're a planter, you're going to say, I want to lead that team. And so for the apprentice, that's a year two, and that's we equip you for for launching yourself. If you're a planter, it's like if I went through, right? You're you're not gonna at the end of that say, well, Peyton, you need more training, right? You're gonna say you're a planter. 
you're you're definitely called to do this. You're ready to go now. And what we do then is we we uh, group you with apprentices. We help you build a core team, and we send you and support you locally. So I guess in in a weird way, year one would focus on actively learning, and you're still doing. You're still part of church plans, but you're not part of that team. You know, when you say year one versus year two, help me understand what the context is. Are you saying they that's where they're at? You don't mean like the the uh, train station is two years. Well, it could be. It could be. So, for example, yes, um, everybody's going to go through really initially and and funnel into year one. But there will be guys who stay back an extra year and plant. And so we call those our year twos. So if you stay the extra year, it, what you're saying is, I want to train locally. But you might come through and you're so competent that we kind of bump you up. We still give you year one's training, but we put you in a year two role. So yes, it, 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 it has more to do with your competency. Hmm. It's the classification of church planting students. So you, we'll still train you, but we're kind of like, you know what? You you really are ready to go when you got here. And so we're going to actively plant with you here as you're training. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it just means that you're kind of bumped on ahead because the goal of every student is we want you to be able to plant a church. And so that's what it looks like. So um Anyways, uh, we'll assess you at the end of that year. You will get a certificate from the train station um, that will ensure that when you go somewhere, you can say, look, I had this year of training and these I was constantly being assessed. I was being assessed quarterly, which is what we do. And um, then as you're assessed, you're reviewed and we have recommendations. We write you a letter of recommendation. You can take that back to your church. You can take that back to a denomination. You can take that to a network. And it's got all of our observations, all the competencies, all the things that you've been doing, because you've got a mentor with you every day. And so the way that the schedule would break up is, let's say you come to the train station, Monday morning, first day. First thing we're going to do is, if you remember hearing um, Jerry McCarty on Hardcore Church Planning, um, which we do have another show, by the way, if you guys didn't know that. Hardcore Church Planning, um, we interviewed Jerry McCarty, and Jerry talked about uh, something that he went to, which was like a DTS. Um, and the first thing that you would do every morning from 8 to 10, that would be what we would call our spiritual formation block. So you would be praying. You would be learning how to pray with people. You would be engaging in what we would call is really the foundation of all ministry. And so from 8 to 10, You're getting announcements, sure, you're getting that day's assignments, you're getting all that, but you're really spending time in prayer and communion with God. And then at 10 to 12, you would have your course, and then you would break for lunch for an hour, and then from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock, for those three hours, we're going to get you out into the community with a veteran church planner and church planning mentor. And so each and every day you've got supervision, but you're out with teams and you're not just doing stuff like handing tracks out to people on the street corner. We're gonna, not going to make you do stuff that's lame and, and, and weird. We're going to actually have you involved in the community doing things that, uh, or, I mean, we will have some evangelism for sure. And we will have some, uh, some social things. We're going to have it varied so that each and every day, you're going to be doing something different. Hmm. So and, uh, I guess one of the main questions that I, I bet you people are going to want to know is what does it cost? Well, um, if you are going to uh, go through jump school, it's going to cost whatever jump school costs, right? So um, we're actually getting ready to revamp jump school. And so I won't speak to that cost because we're rolling that out. But uh, but the part-time cost is going to cost $250 a month for tuition. And the full-time tuition in, in 2016 will cost $500 a month. And so there's going to be a monthly fee. Now, that's, that's relatively cheap and competitive with um, most DTSs. Uh, decide, that means a discipleship training school. 
um, and or something that's more ministry oriented. Think of it as a trade school for church planners. And so you're going to be paying that for nine months and, uh, and that's it. You know, it's relatively cheap. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I would think that it would probably be great for people who are local, but if they're, if they're moving out, I mean, it's a big commitment, right? Cause they got to move out. They got to find a job and, yep. uh, and earn a living while they're going to school. So it's almost like going to school. It's almost like seminary. Absolutely. And one of the things like you would be responsible for paying your own food, your own housing. Um, again, you would have uh, the bivocational option. You'd have a part-time option during 2015, uh, starting in September. But you would really, uh, at the end of the day, I mean, one, one of the things we are looking at doing is helping people, you know, particularly like some of the students, um, rent a house together. Um, there are, there's a couple of other options, but by and large, you know, you got to be a big boy and big girl. Um, and you gotta, you, you've got to do those things. Now we have people here that are local that will help you, uh, you know, search for apartments, things like that. But, um, but, but one of the ways to fund this, um, you know, just thinking of all the mission trips people take, um, this may be a different model, but it's not as far out. So, uh, your sending church might pay for you. People go to Bible college uh, during the year, um, and this would be cheaper than a Bible college because what a lot of people don't realize, when you go to Bible college, you're paying them all that money for food and housing. So what we're saying is, look, you tailor this according to what's going to work for you. And uh, you might even have a relative out this way, and you say, you know what, I'm going to go hit them up and stay with them for a year. And uh, and you come in and, and train that way. But Things that you're doing. Let's say you're you're at a, a church back home. Let's say you're in Illinois, and you go to your church and you say, "Hey, mega church in Illinois, um, I'm I want to plan out for you guys." And they've been saying, "Hey, we want to plan out. We want to plan out, and uh, we want to use you. Want to use you." And most churches get stuck. They don't know what the next steps are. Next step, you tell them is you come to the train station and you train with us, and then as you train with us, you get sent back out. And you tell them, you invest in me for these nine months. I will come back and I will plant a church. I might, you know, I'll be able to recruit a core team. I'll be able to inspire and lead others. I'll, I'll know exactly what I'm going to be doing. I know how to target people. I, you would know everything that, that you could possibly need to know, uh, principles wise and, you know, just practical training on how to plant a church. It would be the equivalent of Timothy going and spending time with Paul and training with him, and just traveling with him, joining in with him. And then at the end of that, the model that we're using is the Ephesus model, where Paul lectures daily in the Hall of Tyrannus um, for a few hours a day, and then he sends them out in the afternoon into the community. And eventually, planted out of that are the seven churches of Asia, starting with Ephesus as the hub. And so what we're doing is we're sending, you're investing in that individual, your, your, your sending churches. And then boom, that individual comes here, trains, and then we send them back out to that sending church as here's your church planner, right? You, you didn't know what to do with them. We know what to do with them and we're going to train them and we'll send them back to you. That's, that's cool. I dig it, man. I dig it. Yeah. So some of the things that you guys are going to be learning is, um, you're going to learn to articulate vision, mission, and calling. You're going to display church planning qualities, servant leadership, humility, um, the ability to inspire and communicate with excellence. Um, servant leadership is big. A lot of people come into church planning thinking that it's going to be like leading your average church where everyone should respect you and kiss your butt and think you're wonderful. That's not how it works in a church plant. In a church plant, you're there hauling the sound equipment. You're there. Um, you're, you're leading out in front. You're, you're the first evangelist in the room. Um, humility means you're teachable and trust me, humility will be hardwired into you throughout the church planning process. Anyways, kind of comes with, uh, as, as one of the price tags of planning a church, but also the ability to inspire, to rally people, to recruit people. Church planners have to be good recruiters. That's how Paul got those 32 guys in the new Testament. And then you have to learn how to prioritize your family before ministry and lead them well. So one of the things we'll teach you is family dynamics, how to make sure that your family stays healthy. And so if you're married and you're like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming out with the family, 
hey, more power to you. We're including your family in this, right? We want them to learn and to train with you. So also you're going to learn how to raise funds, demonstrate competency and building support bases. And one of the things that we're going to do, one of the competencies we're really looking for is uh, we want you to start three generations of community groups. And so what we want you to do is start a community group. And then out of that, over that nine-month period, we want that group to start another community. And you're overseeing that. And then for the third generation, that that one builds strong and produces. Now, that's multiplication. But where do you get a chance to do this stuff? If your church isn't wired this way, you're not learning how to do this stuff. And, uh, and, and that's how core teams start. And that's how multiplication movements and missional communities start. We're going to teach you how to do that. And we'll assess it with you quarterly basis. Hey, how many, you know, well, it didn't go. So, okay. So then we assess, well, what happened? What are the areas where you're weak in this? And we help you shore that up. We will give you uh, eight times during those nine months. So once a month, you will be preaching on a Sunday morning. Part of that is to uh, help you develop that gift. And of course, if you're doing community groups, you're going to be teaching a lot more than that because you're starting groups. But we're talking, there's a big difference between speaking in someone's living room and addressing a congregation. So we're going to teach you how to do that. And one of the things we're also going to train you in is how to do interactive church. If you read Church Zero, ching it's a big deal. And uh, it takes a little bit of skill and finesse and the ability to cast vision for that and to train people how to do it. Also to set the atmosphere for room on how to do that. Um, you're going to learn how to start up a ministry and hand it off to a leader that you personally train and uh, stay in communication with. You demonstrate a passion for the lost. You need to, to develop an evangelistic zeal and demonstrate the ability to form evangelistic strategy, which is something that Paul developed over time. Um, and we'll trace that. Um, I haven't even talked about the modules that you'll be studying, but these are just our competencies. Um, demonstrate a biblical work ethic, an ability to commit to task, multitask, and bring various tasks to completion. And Pete, I mean, Pete's an entrepreneur, so you, you know how important that is. And church planning is kind of like uh, being an entrepreneur. What would you say is the ultimate outcome? So that's the, I mean, you've, talked yeah. a lot about the deliverables. Yeah. But what, are, what, like once they're done with all of this, okay, they've yeah. gone through the nine months. Now they're out. What does that mean to them? Where are they at at that point? So at, at that point, you know, let's say the nine months are done. They, they, it's not like most Bible colleges or whatever. We just learned about stuff. Um, at the end of that nine month, you've been out three uh, hours, five days a week, actually engaging in frontline ministry. You've been out on the streets, you've been out in the community, and you've learned how to literally walk with God. Like you're so much further ahead than the average ministry student because you've actually been helping build a church plant. You've been a part of a, a church plant's leadership team, right? You join. You join as an intern on their leadership team. You're sitting in those meetings. You're praying with them. You're strategizing with them. You're helping them work out the problems. You're seeing it all firsthand, up close and personal. But plus you're doing active ministry. You're also beefed up on the New Testament principles that are laid out in the scripture on church planning. I mean, we were talking about um, before the podcast beat how you can know you know, it, it, we don't know. There's a lot of mystery out there. There's a lot of things that God doesn't tell us, but there are things that he clearly, plainly lets us know. He tells us, you know, like the Bible tells us what we need to know. It doesn't tell us everything we want to know, right? When I read about the Nephilim, I have a million questions, right? And I'm like, man, you know, like, but God's like, you don't need to know that, right? What you need to know is the gospel. What you need to know is how to be filled with my Holy Spirit, what you need to know. And so there's all these needs. You're going to be equipped. I would say most people out there that are planning churches, they don't know what they need to know. And uh, for Jump School, 
we, we've just been getting a bunch of um, uh, testimonials from guys that are in jump school. And one of them, the guy is like, hey, they're answering questions I didn't even know existed in this. In other words, he's saying, I, I wouldn't have even thought to ask this stuff because this is my first church plant, but they're answering stuff. And he talked about how it's taken out so many bumps in the road for him as a church planner. It's, you know, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. And so that's what we're doing is we're, 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 we're making sure that you are thoroughly equipped for every good work. Cool, man. And you're getting mentoring. So yeah. like every Timothy needs a Paul, right? Um, imagine what Timothy is without Paul, right? Are, are we ever going to read about Timothy? Is Timothy, you know, he would just stay where he was, Lister and Derby, right? Uh, he, we would have never heard of this guy. But because someone took him under his wing and developed him, a veteran church planner, that's exactly what happened. So remember, full-time, part-time, bivocational. And, um, you know, again, you can go to www.churchplantingtrainstation.com. And if you're like, hey, I can't get out to this train station. Well, remember, this is the funny thing is that this is what I do. I've, I've been training planners up close and personal for years. Um, a lot of the guys we mentioned on the show are people that, that just train locally with us in Refuge Long Beach. Um, because that's what I've always done. I've always done what Paul does for Timothy's. But, you know, ironically with New Breed, because we were organic, it was this, you know, New Testament model of discipleship is how we train hands on up close and personal. Um, we started having people listen to the podcast going, well, I really can't get out and join new breed like new breed. You had to join us, right? You have to physically come out and move there. And we made uh, an exception where what we said was, if you want to join new breed, but let's say you're in Montana and you can't get out to us, join jump school. Take jump school for a year, and at the end of that, we'll assess you and interview you. So you just go to jumpschooltraining.com. And again, that's jumpschooltraining.com, and uh, you enroll in the jump school program. And at the end of that, if you, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately for you guys, all the guys that are already in New Breed, um, they were comped in, right? Because they're part of New Breed, and that's just how it goes. But uh, jump school is now our entry point. So you take that training for a year. And at the end of that, then we talk to you, you know, if you want to go through to new breed, but you can get, uh, similar training in jump school. Jump school was for Bible guys. Jump school is for people that live at a distance and it's the best out there in my personal opinion, in my humble opinion, um, for church planners who can't come and engage in something like a train station. It isn't, it is, it's the training that I wish I had when we first made it. Um, and we're always improving it. We're still adding things in as we develop things and come across things that we think you guys are going to need, but, uh, but it's, yeah, so that's it. Cool, man. I dig it. I like it. And I just want to know one final question. Could you have tried any harder to get a longer web domain? Church planning train station. Yeah. (laughs) It is kind of long, huh? Oh my gosh. So I tried uh train station. I tried training station. They were all bought out. So I just thought, you know, church planning, someone's going to do church planning and training, church planning and train, church planning. And so, hey, I got all those. I bought them all up and uh you can go and Google church planting and train and boom, it's there. So anyways, <laughs> churchplantingtrainstation.com and you can sign up for that. And uh, that's it. How about just cptrainstation.com? There you go. Yeah, because people don't people don't put in CP. Yeah. You know, we could do that, though. We could buy that domain. I might have bought that domain name. <laughs> You're going to be like Ed Stetzer. Didn't he go around the internet and buy up like everything related to church planting? He did. He camped out on a bunch of domain names. That was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's how uh, uh, Sean Lovejoy had to buy churchplanting.com, I think. Isn't that yeah. his? He had to buy yeah. it from Ed Stetzer. Yeah, Ed has all the good domain names, just so you know. Guy's been thinking about it. He knew what to do. Absolutely. No moss on him. So, um, 
So this has been uh, uh, an interesting episode of the Church Planner Podcast where we didn't really talk in depth about church planting per se, but uh, at least unveil the new tool. It's going to be out there pretty soon. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we look forward to having you guys. If you want to contact us, you know, go and uh, go to that website. You can contact the magazine. Um, and hey, guys, here's a deal. Um, I got a birthday coming up and I wanted to ask if you listen to this podcast and you're blessed anyway, but Pete's birthday is another time. Leave us a review and we'll just call it a day. We'll just say, hey, happy birthday, Peyton. Leave a review of this podcast saying how much it blessed you and uh, what you like. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're not allowed to say anything you dislike because we all know you love the smack talk. That's it. So uh, why don't you sign them out there, Peyton, instead of reading your phone? I'm not reading my phone. Yeah, you are. I can tell. I can I'm actually it. not. No, but it's it's sitting over here. But people have been calling me off the hook. So it's I'm calling out to you, Peyton. Lift up the phone. Look at the screen. <laughs> See who dialed you. Sign them out, buddy. Sign them out. All right. Well, hey, this has been the Church Planner Podcast reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. 